13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Welcome to another super duper fun packed edition of Fun Kids Meets where we bring you excellent, interesting people uh, to hear all about all the crazy stuff that they're getting up to. And uh, my good friend Bex is with us today. Hello, Bex. What a surprise! It's me again! It's you <laughs> once again, Bex. <laughs> Sean, I was going to ask you, uh, I think the last three at least have been interviews I've done. Uh, do I get some kind of like connecting like like do I get a medal do I get a kind of uh, a gold silver or bronze kind of certificate here we all know that robots the man in charge of where all the uh, the fun kids medals get dished out um but how are you how are things I'm very good thank you um I as usual I'm reading my way through a bunch of books you know me Sean she loves books love them absolutely handy isn't it in this job very very much so and who were you chatting to this week all right, so this week I spoke to Ben Bailey-Smith, who a lot of our listeners may know as Doc Brown. Um, he's a comedian, he's in a lot of stuff on TV, and uh, he's written a brand new book. He's had a rebrand. Why is he not Doc Brown anymore? I don't know, actually. I didn't want to ask him that, because um, I actually have seen him live as a stand-up comedian called Doc Brown. Uh, I think maybe this is like his serious kind of phase, like oh, you know, wow. he needs a proper serious name for this. Um, so yeah, um, fun behind the scenes fact we caught him in between rehearsals but i have no idea what he was rehearsing for but he's obviously rehearsing for something in theater or tv as we speak wow top Mm. secret performances are going on bex getting the sneak peek behind the scenes we love to see it um so uh, I'm, i'm presuming that there's a very interesting book at the base of this chat Yes, there is, actually. Um, I genuinely love this book. It's called Something I Said, and it is about a young boy called Carmichael who finds out he is... He's obviously very clever, but he's also funny, and he goes on a bit of a journey of finding out how best to use his abilities and also um, how to not upset the people around him, I would say. Interesting. Well, that takes us on to the Fun Kids Bingo, uh, which is where I try... Well, the Fun Kids meets Bingo. It's just not the the, the general Fun Kids (laughs) Bingo cards at the ready. Um, So Fun Kids meets Bingo. It's a game that me and Bex play where I try and guess what she spoke to our guest about. Um, My first guess in Fun Kids meets Bingo is going to be... I think there's going to be some chat about stand-up comedy because Ben's obviously a stand-up comic. I think... It's always best to write about things that you know about. So I reckon there's going to be some stand-up comedy vibes in this book, Bex. I think, you know what, Sean? I I don't want to give too much away, but that's a safe bet, I would say. I think that's a very savvy and clever, intelligent idea you've had there. Yeah, sometimes I like to go for the easy pickings. Um, I think that is definitely one of them. Um, and I think also as well, back in the day, um, I remember um, uh, Ben, when he was under the guise of Doc Brown, he actually took over the Fun Kids Breakfast Show with oh. me and Robot. And I could tell that that was probably one of the best days of his life 
So I would be sure that he would mention that monumentous day in his of existence course. to you, Bex. Because I'm sure that's what he just goes on about all the time. Whenever he's on a chat show, wherever he's being interviewed, he mm. always likes to mention the time he took over the Fun Kids Breakfast Show with Sean and Robot. It's a very big time in his life and your life, clearly. I'm looking forward to hearing him chat about it again, reminisce mm. about the good times. And I think finally, what's the book called again? Something I said. Yes. I want to find out what that was. What was the thing that he said? What was the something <laughs> that was said in particular? I want to know what it is. And I'm hoping that you're going to find out in his interview, Bex. Okay, well, three very interesting ideas there, Sean. Um, I can already imagine what I'm going to give you uh, points-wise at the end of the interview, but I guess we have to listen to the interview to find out how right or wrong you were. So I'm joined right now down the line by comedian and author Ben Bailey-Smith. Hey, Ben, how are you going? Hey, I'm really, really good. Um, it, you, as usual, my life is, is frantic and I'm, I'm running from one place to another. But um, I'm fully focused on fun kids. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Oh, you old charmer. That's what I love to hear. Thanks. I just finished your book this morning and it is an amazing, epic adventure. I loved every second of it. It must be just so exciting to see it coming out. You know, it's, it's an absolute dream come true. It's so, so hard to write. Um, I've never tried to write a novel before and I, I found it really like a, the, probably one of the biggest challenges of my life. So it is so satisfying to see it uh, and you know people telling me that they've read it people such as yourself I, I, it makes me feel very proud especially and, and excited especially because I haven't actually held one in my hands yet so <laughs> hopefully that's going to happen tomorrow Oh man, yeah, I have a proof copy sitting next to me right now. Uh, we should tell the listeners it's called Something I Said. Also, uh, in a good way, you've packed a lot in. There's a lot of writing there and it's all about Carmichael. Can you tell us about the character? Yeah, it's about a 13-year-old kid called Carmichael Taylor. He's um, he's a he's a kid from London who... What's the best way to describe him? He's, he's not a bad kid, <laughs> but he is... He's what you might call a smart aleck and a bit of a big mouth, you know, um, which is maybe hinted in the in the title. You know, sometimes we say, oh, is it something I said <laughs> when, when someone feels like that you might have been a bit rude? Um, so we find out quite early on that he's had uh, more than a few issues at school because of things that he said. Um, he just finds lots of things funny, you know, in life where you see something funny happen but you don't say it, you don't mention it to anybody because you think it might be rude to say it. He always says it. He's he's one of those. Um, and eventually it uh, winds him up in serious trouble with his school. But at the same time, it puts him in a position where he's got the opportunity to become famous because of uh, his big mouth. So it's a it's a strange double-edged sword and a challenge for this kid to decide what to do. Does he use this skill this big mouth skill to find fame and maybe fortune but also lose his school place maybe lose his friends maybe lose the respect and and love of his family does he does he try and do the right thing and ignore this incredible opportunity so it's 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 a story of a a life-changing moment i guess and a life-changing choice and um you know it's a story about karma and uh, um you know, what happens when you do good things, what happens when you do bad things, what the results of your behaviour are. 
Um, and, and most of all, it's uh, like you say, it's a, a big old epic comedy adventure with hopefully with laughs on every page. It really is. It's such a fun book. I was hooked in immediately. It was just one of those books. I'm annoyed at you for this, but it meant I just went to bed really late because I couldn't put it down. <laughs> so we and should I, we should advise kids to maybe start a little bit earlier. Or, you know, just take a torch to bed and turn the torch on under the covers. But yeah, it is such a good book. And you also have Alex as well, who is one of my favourite characters. Alex is Carmichael's best friend and she's just really, really fun. But she also has her best friend's interest at heart. Yeah, she's my favourite character as well. I loved writing for her because of the way her brain works, you know. She, she's she's not quite a space cadet. She's a bit more switched on than that. But she is very much sort of uh, full of her own imagination. She looks at the world in a very particular way. And I think that's that's why her and, and, and Carr get on so well because they both have very singular uh, outlooks on life. They both, neither of them take things too seriously they both try and find humor in everything um, and they're perfect uh, sort of partners in crime if you like yeah and they have a very similar sense of humor which helps i guess because carmichael's special skill is his stand-up comedy abilities did you have to use your own experience as a stand-up for his performances yeah absolutely 100 percent. you know they always say write about what you know you know and i, I was I was nothing like Carr as a kid, but um, you know, when when I thought about that age-old rule, right about what you know, I thought, well, I know what it's like to be a thirteen-year-old boy because I was one, and I know what it's like to be a stand-up comedian because I was one. So I kind of put the two things together, uh, particularly for the scenes where he is performing. You know, the the nerves, um, ha- what goes through your head or doesn't go through your head if you're having a tough time. <laughs> All of those things are directly from my own experience as an adult doing it. You know, it's just one of the most scary things you can do. Um, you know, you ask most people and they'll tell you public speaking, speaking in front of people is is their worst nightmare, you know. So trying to get that across in a book came 100% from my own experience. I didn't have to do any research. You know? I really felt it. When you were describing him being on stage and hearing or not hearing, the crowd cheering and laughing, I felt like I was there. There were a few pages where my heart was like, oh no, what's going to happen? You described it so well. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's that. it really was what I was trying to do. The, the, the interesting thing about a book is you have that space, you have that time to really dig deep into... Um, feelings and emotions you know um, I always remember my sister saying to me once uh, because I was saying oh you know the the movie's never as good as the book you know when they make a movie out of a book and she said to me well think about it you know in a book a character comes down the stairs for breakfast and you can describe how uh, with each step that person, what that person's feeling, maybe the third step reminded them of something from their childhood, the fourth step they felt really sad, the fifth step creaked and it, it made them scared. And you could do that over three pages that could take you 20 minutes to read, you know? Mm. Whereas in a movie, he just walks down the stairs, <laughs> you know? Hey, it's good advice. Uh, now you did say you write from your own experiences. Have you ever kicked a chicken? <laughs> I've definitely not done that, but um, I've pounded a chicken before. I remember one time I was making, uh, a, what I think what they call spatchcock chicken, where you sort of spread the meat out and you oh, have yeah. a special hammer. So I was sort of thinking about that in terms of the feeling of, of hitting uh, chicken flesh, because it's, it's, it's actually, you know, 
it's not that different from human flesh. It's, 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 it's quite weighty. There's a lot of it. And, and kicking a whole one is not, uh, is not like kicking a football. <laughs> you know, you would definitely hurt your toe. It is quite chunky. And uh, now before I let you go, Ben, there's one thing I've got to do. Every author who comes to Fun Kids does a little quick fire round of questions, if that's okay with you. So first off, easy and gently, books or Kindles? Oh, books. All day long. I mean, I got a Kindle as soon as they came out because I thought, oh, yeah, that makes sense. You know, you can take it on holiday and you don't have to carry lots of books. And it is cool, especially for reading at night. But you know what I, I hate is that when you finish a book on Kindle, there's nothing to show for it. I like to finish the book and put it on my bookshelf and, and I feel like, oh, yeah, I've read that one. You know, feels like an achieve more of achievement. So books every time. Yeah, I get you. For me, it's more the smell of a new book. Heroes or villains? I like villains. Um, I've just played a, a couple of villains in a row in, in two different um, TV projects, and it is so much more fun. Because it's like all the, all the naughty things you want to do in life that you can't do, you could do if you were a, a supervillain. <laughs> and I'm not going to be a supervillain in real life, so to pretend is great. And I, I love reading about villains and I wouldn't say Carl Michael's a villain but he's definitely you know he's not perfect and, and I much prefer those kind of characters oh, they are much more fun do you prefer stand-up comedy or acting oh I mean they're so different the the feeling that you get from making people laugh live out loud on, on stage is incomparable nothing's as good as that but then at the same time Acting is is more fun, I think, because you do it as part of a team. You're never mm -hmm. alone, where it's really scary because you're always on your own. Um, so I think maybe acting just edges it because I, I like like messing around with, with other people. All oh, right, you like having a gang around you, fair enough. Film adaptation or TV adaptation? I think TV adaptation because, like I was saying, that, that example of walking down the stairs, I think with a TV adaptation, you have more time, more breathing space, so you can do the, the long walk down the stairs and, and, and show you how a character really feels o over time. So yeah, for me, TV. TV, good, okay. Uh, Hogwarts or Narnia? Oh, that's a tough one. Yeah. I think probably Narnia. Only just though. All right, only just. Laptop or write by hand? That's a very interesting question. I, I write more by laptop, um, but only because I'm scared of losing things. I think there's more soul in writing by hand. I I only just found out that um, that uh, 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 Philip Pullman writes by hand, which hey. just blew my mind. Oh um, my goodness, can you imagine the notebooks <laughs> you must have? Who, who writes those up, eh? <laughs> Camden or New York? Oh, that's another really tough one. I'd say it's Camden by a nose, only because it's so heavily linked to my childhood, so there's nostalgia there for me. I have to say, I live in London, very near to where you were describing in the book, and I've never seen it written down before. It's really cool. Yeah, it's funny because um, it's such an iconic place when you think of the people that have passed through Camden, but it, it really you don't is. often read about it or hit, see it in programmes or movies or anything. Or seeing just normal people who lived there before. Normally you just see famous people. That was the bit I liked about it. Mm. Do you write nine to five or when you fancy? I only write when I fancy, unless I'm forced to. So with something I said, there was a time limit, you know, so I had to write every day. But I'm at my best when it's I feel like writing. 
if I just open up the laptop or have a blank piece of paper and I get up at nine o'clock and I say, right, let's go. Very little happens. <laughs> Most <laughs> yeah, of the time it's like, oh my gosh, quickly, 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 find a, find a pen, find a pen, you know, that's the best stuff. All right, you gotta be in the zone, I appreciate that. Paddington Bear or Winnie the Pooh? Another really tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna say Pooh um, just because, I mean, I love Paddington so dearly, but Pooh can make me cry as well as, as make me laugh. So I think he probably just pips Paddington. That's a very good reason. I'll give you that one. And finally, this is the last one and the most important. Cheese and onion or salt and vinegar? I mean, <clears throat> for me, it's salt and vinegar all the way, yes! but it does depend on the brand. Okay. So Right, what are we talking here? So, you know, if we're talking Walkers, even within Walkers, like, so Walkers normal crisps, Salt and vinegar and cheese and onion. I don't really like either of those. The salt and vinegar is too strong and the cheese and onion is too strong. But salt, um, Walker's baked, the cheese and onion is delicious. Oh. And the salt and vinegar is average. But in general, over all brands, I prefer salt and vinegar if it's uh, sort of more like, you know, the fancy ones like sea salt and balsamic vinegar. I like it where there's a bit more flavour. Cheese and onion's always a risk in terms of your breath for the rest of the day. That's the problem, So if right? it's not Walker's baked cheese and onion, then it's salt and vinegar every time. Well, that is the most in-depth answer I have ever had for that question. I'm pretty serious about snacks, so that shouldn't really be a quick-fire question. You'll you have to get me back <laughs> on the show to do a 15-minute chat about snacks. Thank you so much for chatting about the book. It's going to be our Fun Kids Book of the Month for June because I believe it comes out on June the 10th. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Yeah, I've picked it as our Book of the Month. So, Ben, thank you so much. What a lovely chat with Ben. He is super-duper nice. Um, I genuinely was trying not to kind of... Um, fawn over him too much because I did really enjoy the book it's it's quite a thick book I didn't want to say this to his face or over you know online it's like it's I'm just I've got it next to me here I've got the proof copy next to me which makes me feel very clever let's face it um it's got 369 pages wow that is a lot you know as an author yourself that's quite a I big know. book right yeah I think I think our book was 370 but you know it's not a competition oh. okay, um sure. also just just in case uh, if you don't know so a proof copy of a book is like a special secret early copy that only special people get delivered thank you for telling people that I'm special I appreciate that um it also interestingly it's quite fun to get a proof copy because sometimes it does mean that um when you get the final book afterwards, maybe the names of characters have changed, or perhaps in the proof copy, uh, as I did find in, in a few proof copies recently, uh, the spelling and punctuation is wrong. <laughs> 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 Which makes me feel great when I'm like, ah, I got this, and they didn't realise. <laughs> but I never say that to the authors, obviously, because that is incredibly rude. <laughs> Amazing. Right, let's get on to the fun kids bingo. Um, that first one was obviously an easy win. There was mention of stand-up comedy. In fact... To be fair, Ben basically said what I said word for word. You've got to write about what you know. He sure did. Uh, so, Sean, you get a big tick for that. Congratulations. That was a, an easy point. But hey, you, the easy points are still points. Thank you very much. Uh, also, um, uh, the next guest was uh, one which absolutely astounded me. No mention of the fact mm. that he took over the Fun Kids Breakfast Show with me and Robot. I can't believe he didn't talk about it. Maybe I should have brought it up on your behalf. I'm, I'm very sorry that he didn't mention that for you. Don't worry, that's okay. Um, and finally, um, uh, we didn't actually find out what the something was that was said. 
Well, I, yeah, we didn't, you're right. But I was going to give you like half a mark for that because I thought technically the something he said was um, his stand-up routines in the book and uh, he's just trying to figure out what he's saying that is good and what is less good and what works and what doesn't work. So I was kind of going to give you half a point, to be honest. That's very generous of you, Bex, but I, I was after the detail. I was after the exact quote but I, I, i'll take that point <laughs> are you telling know. me you wanted a specific sentence in the book that was like i thought or something like i said it was always a great space and that was something i said is that what you literally wanted like a word for word kind of yep yeah, right okay yeah. <laughs> but i'm not gonna talk myself out of half a point if you want to find out though what the something that he said was you've got to check out the book yeah, I mean, obviously, I can't give away my very exciting um, proof copy. But, yeah, if you do check out the book, it's really good fun. And um, it's set in Camden in North London, which is a place I know really well. So reading about it was quite cool. And um, it's also, it's just you really love the characters. And it feels like it could very easily be made into a CBBC series, I would say. It sounds like, it feels like it's very episodic. And I can imagine it being, it's probably, let's face it, the rights have probably been bought as we speak. Because it would make a very good TV show. I can tell you from an author's point of view, you've always got half an eye on that CBB series, uh, CBBC series a- adaptation, don't you worry. Or a Netflix uh, one. Ooh, oh, spicy. Even better. Uh, well, yeah, hopefully Ben has done that for himself because it, it, the book is really good and it would easily translate into TV as, as well. Excellent stuff. So make sure you go and check that out. And that is it for Fun Kids Meets this week. Will Bex be back next week? <laughs> I think it's a, there's a high probability that she might be. Um, but, but I'll tell you who will definitely be on the podcast next week. And that is someone very, very interesting. So make sure you go and subscribe <laughs> to check I'm out. you say yourself. <laughs> you never know, Bex. I don't know what's going to happen in the next week. Anything could happen. <laughs> well, I'll be tuning in probably because I'll be on it. Let's face it. <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye. Thirteen-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.